Amen. That was a powerful song because all I could think of was how Lazarus came out of the tomb. It was the custom that everybody would be wrapped and placed in the tomb. And so when he came out, he came out hopping and probably couldn't even see because his body, his face, his head, everything was wrapped. And all he was following was the voice, the sound of Jesus. Lazarus, come forth. You know why he had to call him by name? Because God's word, God's voice carries so much power that if he would have said, come from the dead, there would have been thousands hopping down the street coming out of the tombs so he was specific I just want Lazarus to come forth but you see it was the body of Christ it's so important church I know there's uh, uh, some people that are missing today amen that that you know when when the church went and did communion they they did it at the church because that's where Paul addressed them was at the church and so part of that reverence and part of that unworthiness is that I'm going to reverence God so much in my life that I'm not going to put other things first I'm going to go to the house of the Lord and partake of the communion amen but we already did that. We're moving on. Can you say amen to the resurrection? John chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. We want to thank those that are joining us online. We haven't forgot about you. The Bible says this. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. And therefore Peter went out and the other disciples and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there yet he did not go in then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying within the linen clothes but folded together in a place by itself then the other disciples who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to teach on this topic this morning. Of while it was still dark, while it was still dark, we take that out of the first verse our text while it was still dark amen father we love you and we appreciate you lord we thank you for the reading of your word lord and i pray that your 
spirit would continue to move throughout of this house, Lord Jesus, as we have honored you. Our desire is to lift you up high so that all men and women could be drawn unto you, Lord. Father, and I pray for every individual that is here today in person and for those that are online, Lord, that you would anoint their ears to hear and their heart to receive. Whatever thus saith the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated at this time. Amen. Again, I want to thank everybody for coming out to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I've been feeling some anxieties, amen, uh, these last couple of days, amen, that uh, have been leading up to uh, today's sermon that has been prepared to you. And I wanted to speak on something that would uh, speak to the hearts of everyone, amen. I wanted to prepare something and and uh, I wanted God to give me something that uh, I was going to be able to bring forward to, to those who have heard the story every year and to those who haven't heard the story every year. Maybe this is your first time uh, hearing the story. And so I wondered, what words could I uh, uh, bring to you all today, what words could I say today that would that would convey the the profoundness, Amen, of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Uh, I, I thought to myself, uh, what could I convey to you, the audience, that would speak louder than the distractions of what the world calls Easter? Because when we think of Easter, we think of the new clothes and we think of, of the new shoes and we think of the, of the new ties and the new shirts. Can you say amen? We think of the Easter egg hunts and the, the candies and the peeps. My wife and I were at Walmart yesterday and as a young child, I loved the peeps, you know, uh, those little uh, yellow bird candies and I would get them and I would bite the head off of them. I would start at the head. My cousins would start at the bottom and I, I would bite the head off of the peeps and, and we'd go around peeping at each other. Amen. And, and so I saw those and I thought to myself, man, I told my wife, look at uh, uh, what a distraction those things are. Can you say amen? And so I thought to myself, what could I bring forth that would, that would break through all of the, uh, the functions, that would break through all of the, uh, the, the, the celebrations uh, of Easter and the bunnies and the chocolates and the egg hunts and the, or, or that slow-cooked ham that needs to be put in the oven uh, as soon as pastor stops talking and dismisses everybody, amen, to go home. I thought to myself, what words could I speak to those uh, who Look at this day as just any other day of the year. Because there are those that they look at their birthday, they look at their, at, oh, it's just another day. Uh, it's their birthday. And what are you going to do for your birthday? Well, I'm not going to do nothing. I've already had 30 of them or I've already had 40. Uh, it's just another day. Uh, and that's how some people look at this day today as just uh, another day of the year. We look at life at just another day of the ins and outs of life. We look at it as another day of dealing with the, the same old stuff in the, in the same old circumstance that, that never seems to be resolved. It's always there and it's, it's never going away and things have not got better. But, but you know, honestly, church, can I be honest with you today? I was really being bombarded emotionally this week. And you know, I consider myself to be a strong guy, Brother Ernest. You know, I try not to wear my emotions on my sleeves. And uh, I, I try not to, to walk around and looking like I'm defeated. Although on the inside, I feel like I'm the most defeated person in the crowd. And so this week was a very emotional me, uh, uh, week for me. And, 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 and not only because of the things that have been going on in our life personally, but, but, but things that have been going on in the church. Can you say amen? 
And so, so it's been an emotional week. And, and so when I read this portion of text, I, I read this, the, the, the different text and, uh, of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the book of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I began to get a, 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 an overwhelming sense of, of emotion. You know, I was emotional because of what my wife and I have been going through this past year. And then I was angry at what my Lord and my Savior had suffered for me. And had suffered for you. But as I read this particular text from the book of John, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I couldn't get beyond the first sentence. I couldn't get past the first verse. The Bible says in that first verse that very early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Somebody say, while it was still dark. Very early in the morning, the Bible says, while it was still dark. The Bible says that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away. But when you look in the book of Matthew, the Bible says that as the day began to dawn. And Mark says this, very early in the morning when the sun rose. Luke says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. But here's John saying while it was still dark. And so when I read that at first glance, I assumed that John was just referencing the time of day, just like all of the other uh, uh apostles had done just like all the other disciples just like Matthew and Mark and Luke had gave reference to to the time of day and and so I thought to myself no big deal right no harm no foul in that that uh, all the other three are kind of along the same lines but here comes John who's who's looking at it a little differently uh, 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 a different perspective from a different light uh, gave a a, a little uh, different detail and so I thought to myself, well, no big deal. And I began to, to get into to the rest of the scripture of, of, of how Mary went and she was getting ready to, to finish the, the embalming of Jesus Christ and, and how she went and, and she was going to uh, go and, and do the rest of the ceremony, the burial ceremony. And, 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 and then I got into the part where, where when Jesus called her out by name and said, Mary, you know, after she had looked at him and saw him resurrected and, and she thought he was the gardener. Can you say amen? The Bible says she thought it was the gardener and he and 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 she walked away and, and because she was in a in a fog. She wasn't in her right mind at that time because of, of what was happening. She was in the dark. And so I truly believe that John was not speaking of a, of a, a physical uh, uh, darkness. I don't think he was giving a, a detail of the, of the time of day or the time of the morning. I believe he was giving a, a, a sense of what Mary Magdalene's spirit was looking like at that time. Because you see, on, the, on that first Easter morning, things looked very dark and they looked very bleak for Mary Magdalene. Remember, she had been the, she had been with Jesus since almost the very beginning of his ministry. She had a genuine relationship with Jesus. She walked with him. She talked with him. She saw lives changed. She saw God perform miracles on person after person and, and child after child. And she was there with him and she served him and she financed Jesus' ministry with her own money at times. And she she gave everything that she had. Uh, she wasn't just a servant. Uh, she was a friend of Jesus's and he was her friend. Back. 
And so we find that it was a, a very dark and bleak time in the life of Mary Magdalene. And it was something that happened right away because, uh, you know, if, if you go back just a few uh, days before that on Friday, can you imagine how many of you have experienced that, especially in this last year where, where you're talking to somebody and you, and you went out and you had lunch with them and you, you might have been invited to a birthday party, maybe their children, or, or you met up with them for some coffee and some donuts uh, or whatever it is. Maybe you had a conversation on the phone uh, and you were laughing and you were having a good time uh, and then you find out they're no longer with you no more. Your friend is gone. And we're talking about a woman that had a, a deep relationship with God. Uh, she was there with him and she was down for the cause. Uh, she didn't make no excuses. Uh, she didn't back down. Uh, she said, Jesus, wherever you go, I want to be there. Uh, remember, it's this same Mary uh, who the disciples tried to kick out of the house uh, as she fell to his knees uh, and broke open the alabaster box of perfume uh, and began to wash his feet. Uh, it was her her tears that washed the dirt off of uh, his feet. Uh, it was her hair uh, that she used to dry the ointment uh, and the tears from off of his feet. Uh, he was her friend uh, and she was his. Uh, and she witnessed it on Friday. She saw her friend uh, being dragged out of the garden, uh, taken in chains. Uh, she saw her friend being whip whipped and beat. Uh, she saw her friend's beard get ripped off of his face. She witnessed her friend being crucified. She witnessed the ripping of his flesh as they beat him with a cat of nine tails. And as all this was happening, as, as Jesus Christ was carrying his cross uh, on his back, all whipped and bloody, uh, gouges so deep that you could see the bone uh, in his body, hallelujah, with chunks of flesh hanging down, uh, she pushed her way through the crowd on the side of the road uh, just to support her friend, uh, just to let her friend know, hey, uh, I'm right here with you. Uh, I'm not going to let you. You're not going through this alone. Uh, you're not going to walk this walk by yourself. Uh, the Bible says that Mary, uh, she followed her friend uh, all the way uh, to the foot of the cross. And it's at the cross where she witnessed the Roman soldiers drive nails through his hands and through his feet. And after all of that, she witnessed her only true friend being stabbed in his side. Her heart was broken for Jesus. It didn't matter that the sun was out. It didn't matter that the birds were chirping that morning. Because she was walking in the darkest hour of her life. It was a dark time for Mary. You see, the other disciples, they had a life to go back to. The other disciples, Brother Ernest, they had jobs and they had professions and, and they had family and, and they had a place to go, but not Mary. All Mary had was Jesus. That's all she had. Remember, she was the one whom Jesus casted out seven demons. And for those of you that know about numbers, that seven is a number of perfection. So that lets me know that those seven demons in her led me to know that she was, uh, she was perfectly taken over by demons. It's a, uh, the number seven is, is complete. 
She was completely consumed. She was completely taken over. She was completely out of control of her life. The demons had her under control. She didn't want to go back to her old life. She didn't want to go back to her her old ways. She didn't want to go back to the town that she came out of. She didn't want to go back to the same crowd she was associating with. She didn't want to go back to the barrio or to the homegirls or the homeboys. She didn't want to go back to that because she came out of a place where she was completely consumed with seven demons. And so it was easy in her mind. It's easy for Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and everybody else to to go back to their home, to go back to their wives, to go back to their children, to go back to their jobs, to go back to tax collecting, to go back to being a doctor, to go back to casting a net and being a fisherman. But Mary had nothing, and she saw her only friend in the whole world being crucified and killed and she was in a dark place all she wanted to do was be close to Jesus all she wanted to do was to be close to her friend and her Lord and her Savior She wanted to go back to to walking with Jesus. She wanted to go back to, to talking with him on the road as they walked from town to town to heal people and she wanted to go back to doing the work of the Lord. God, I just just come back to me, please. I'll, I'll serve harder if you come back. Uh, I'll, I'll do more. I'll give more. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, just just don't leave me, Lord. Have you ever been connected to somebody like that uh, where, where they, they're gone and, and you're just thinking to yourself, why them? Uh, Lord, why did you have to take that individual from my life? Uh, they were the only friend that I had. Uh, they were the only one that I could talk to. Uh, you see, it didn't didn't matter whether it happened in the morning uh, or at lunchtime or in the evening. Uh, you found yourself in a dark place uh, at a dark time. And I felt for Mary. I, I wept for Mary and I said, man, she, was, she had a genuine love, a genuine relationship uh, for Jesus. And now he was gone. And so I believe with all of my heart that that's what John was trying to show us. That at times, uh, that it doesn't matter if the sun is out. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. Uh, that you and I can be in a situation uh, where we'll find ourselves in a dark time in our life. Needing our friend. Needing Jesus. Jesus, where are you? I need you right now. Something's happening. But now Mary finds herself alone, sad and disappointed. And her soul was now languishing in in spiritual darkness. And and I'm sure that many that are here today can relate uh, to what Mary was going through. I can tell you today, church, that, that my wife and I sure can. We sure can relate to what Mary was going through, especially this past year. You know, we've had over 10 people pass away and go on to eternity in our life in the course of 12 months. Over the course of the year, we lost many special people in our lives we lost grandma helen grandpa reyes grandma reyes and josie we lost debbie behar bishop tafoya liz rivera javier suarez uh, erica rodando buddy mireles victor vasquez uh, and big tex abandano whose funeral we're going to this wednesday in california Currently, we have Uncle Louie fighting for his life in the hospital with stage 4 cancer that is spreading all throughout of his body. That's just in our life. 
That's just what me and my wife are going through right now. That's just our darkness. That's not even to mention your list of the people you've lost and the people that are sick in your family. We're living in dark times, church. Can I tell you today that scripture is so relevant for you and I today? Because we're living in dark times. We're living in a time where where evil is called good and good is called evil. We're living in a time where you can't even preach the gospel of Jesus Christ openly. We're living in a time where you can't even preach against sin. We're living in a time where you can't even disagree because you get canceled. We're living in a time where sneaker shoes are coming out with human blood in them and, 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 and devil stars and, and devil this and devil that. And, and they're cheering that on and they're saying, yeah, I'm going to get me a pair. I wish I could get me a pair. We're living in a time where Mr. Potato Head is being taken away. You can't, Looney Tunes, Mr. Potato Head, and and who else is being canceled? Amen. But you got Cardi B doing nasty stuff on the television, singing the WAP. And they're awarding her for that. We're living in dark times, can I tell you? Where we're celebrating evil. And we're canceling good. And it's a dark time for you and I. It is a dark time for our children. Right now, it is a dark time. And so this scripture is so relevant. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. You all look serious today. You know, can I tell you that Jesus Christ was the first, he, he got canceled then over 2,000 years ago. They canceled Jesus. By a bunch of Pharisees. We're going to leave it right there. But you see, this past Wednesday, I don't know where you're at, church. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't make it a point to call and to to pry and to barge into people's lives. But I want to share with you a little bit about our life. This past Wednesday, we went to go and bury Grandma Mary. Last week. Last week, right? Monday. Last Sunday. And we buried her Monday. And we stayed there for a few days with the family. Because we wanted to go and visit Uncle Louie who was in the hospital. Whose body is being taken over by stage 4 cancer. And this past Wednesday, we had the opportunity to be able to get into the hospital and to spend some time with him. And I'm going to close with this. Like I said, it's been an emotional week. It's been an emotional year. We had an opportunity to go be with Uncle Louis. And I sat at the foot of his bed after he struggled to get up. You see, Uncle Louie's always been a jokester. He was, he had his clown shoes on that day. 
he was joking around. My wife didn't hear about it until maybe after because I was joking with him. I helped him to the restroom. But I sat at the foot of his bed. He looked over at me, weak and frail, as he's fighting for his life. And he, he said, why me? Why me? I didn't have an answer. I didn't have an answer. Why am I the one who's dying? Now all I could say to him was, that the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. Only God knows why. You see, church, anyone can walk in the sunshine. the faithful and the believing can walk in the dark. And I say that to say this. The day after we got back from California, back from California about 10 o'clock at night Wednesday maybe about there I don't know earlier felt like 10 it was long it was 5 okay I went to bed at 10 but we got home Wednesday and it was a ride home. It just seemed so long, like we were never going to get home. After burying Grandma Mary and being asked to be a pallbearer and remembering the last conversation that I had with her. She suffered from dementia, Alzheimer's. And I sat with her for hours in the living room and she told me her life story at least a dozen times she kept forgetting the conversation and while others in the room were getting annoyed at her I, I said just leave her alone man just let her talk I learned more about her that day than her whole family I said let me write the eulogy and she kept forgetting that I was her husband and so every Need every granddaughter that walked by, I'd say, can I date her? No. Can I date that one? No. Can I date that one? No. And finally, she walked by, can I date that one? Yeah. Bring her back in the morning, she said. And the others are all, Grandma, what do you mean in the morning? She has to be home tonight. Had a good time with Grandma Mary that day. She thought I was the gardener. For real, she thought I was the gardener. Like Mary thought Jesus was the gardener. She thought I was the gardener. But it was a long, emotional ride home. We went to bed that night. And all I could think about was Uncle Louie. the question that he asked then about 7 o'clock in the morning I received a phone call from my sister in California 
I had never heard my sister cry the way she was crying that day. She couldn't even talk. She was crying so loud. She let me know that her oldest son, Chris, was transported to the hospital. That he was blue and he was pale. He was not able to breathe and his oxygen levels were very low. They found out that his white blood cell count was so low they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was happening. And after running all the tests throughout the day, they saw that he had a massive amount of of fluid that was built up in both of his lungs. And he had so much fluid that it was compressing his heart and it was starting to get around his heart cavity. They found out that his prostate was enlarged and that his liver was giving out and that the fluid that he had in his lungs was crystallizing. And in all of her crying and all of her words, the only thing I could make out was her asking God to take her instead of her husband or her son. She said, God, I live my life already. Let him live his. 31 years old, married with two little girls and two little boys. And I stayed in contact with my sisters throughout the day. Broken. And I remember her telling me, Larry, you know, I'm usually pretty strong. She's a cancer survivor herself. I don't remember the last time I ever heard my sister cry. Especially like that. It was so loud that it woke up my wife. She was asleep. She turned and she looked and she was wondering who it was. Friday morning, I spoke to my sister to get specifics. Because we go into prayer here on Friday nights. And I said, I gotta get specific with the Lord. I, I, I need to know everything. I, and my wife started writing all everything down on her phone. And I, I, we need specifics. We, know, we need to know exactly what to pray for. I told her, please be specific with me because we come together on Friday nights and we go into prayer for people and we, we go into prayer for our family members and we go into prayer for our community and we go into prayer for our church members and, 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 and we're gonna go into prayer for my nephew Chris and all she could do was cry as she said things had not improved and that doctors were thinking that he had an infection in his brain that was spreading throughout his body and all she could do was cry on the phone Friday night at 6 o'clock, we got into prayer. And I remember standing behind the pulpit, reading off prayer after prayer that had come in through the app. And we prayed for the Gonzalez family that had come through. And we, we prayed for, for other families that had come through. And we prayed for Uncle Louie. And, and we prayed and we prayed. And, and I wanted to save that prayer for last. Because I wanted to get specific with the Lord.
that night, church, I had done something that I don't remember ever doing in my time in ministry. At about 6.45, about 6, 6.40, I stood behind this pulpit and I began to pray this prayer for my nephew. And I broke down that night. I broke down behind this pulpit while praying for my nephew. And I'm giving times because I'm giving specific of what happened. At 6.50, Brother Ernest Woods came to the platform. And as I was weeping for my nephew, he came to me and he asked for the mic. And in my mind, I thought, okay, he's going to let me go and be with my wife and, and he's going to close prayer. I said, okay. I, I folded up my stuff and I grabbed my water and I gave him the, the mic and, and I started to walk off and he said, no, come here. He said, stand right there. He said, the Lord gave me a word for you. And he looked at me and he began to talk to me about a man in the Bible that had a servant who was at home sick that was dying. He said, that man went to Jesus and he told Jesus, my servant is at home sick and he's getting ready to die. All I need from you is to say the words and I know he'll be healed. And Jesus Christ says, I'll go. And he says, no. I'm a man of great faith and obedience. All you got to do is say the words and it's going to happen. And Brother Ernest looked at me in the eyes and he says, Pastor, do you believe? I says, yes, I believe. He goes, I know you're a man of faith. He says, God wants me to tell you right now in the name of Jesus that your nephew is healed. He said, do you receive that word? And I said, yes, I receive it. And I was there and I was crying and my wife was crying and everybody that was here was crying and we were all together in one mind and in one accord and we all had the faith that was greater than the size of a mustard seed. And I left this place and I said, God, thank you for healing my nephew. Thank you, Lord, for this man of God that is sensitive to God's spirit and God's word. And after prayer, we drove home, Sister Desiree, and I, I called my sister, and I got no answer. And I, I, was, uh, I was thinking to myself, the devil tried to come in, and, and just like that story of the parable, Satan tried to come in and rob me of my seed. Uh, and I said, no, I, I just left it. I, I didn't want to give it no negative thoughts. I didn't want to think about it. Uh, uh, I, just, I went home, and I said, she'll call me when she's ready. And next morning, Saturday morning, I woke up real early and I, I called her on my way to the church about 8 in the morning and I was coming to spend some time with the Lord and, and she didn't answer the phone. And, and I said, no, devil. I said, you're not going to take that. You're not going to rob me of that. And, and I sat down at my desk and I, I began to study God's word and I began to pray. And, and then the phone rang. And I picked it up and it was my sister and she was crying again. And I said, no, I thought in my mind, no. And after she was done crying, she goes, Larry, I'm so happy. She goes,
was, I just got off the phone with a nurse and I didn't call you last night because I was just so overjoyed and I just got off the phone. She said what happened was yesterday at 7 o'clock, the 10 minutes after Ernest prayed and gave that word, 10 minutes later, the results came back and the nurse couldn't believe what she was seeing. She she couldn't understand. She thought it was it was fake and, and, and so what she did was she didn't call my sister that night. Uh, she said, I can't call with this because what if it's not true? What if it's not correct? Uh, so they ran the test again overnight. Uh, and that morning, uh, the test results came back the same. Uh, that nothing was wrong with him. Uh, no more fluid in his lungs. Uh, uh, blood count cells were perfect. Uh, and they were sending him home. They sent him home. And all I can think about is what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 30, verse 5. That says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. you know church I know that this has been a dark year for some and, and maybe you are the Mary Magdalene sitting in these pews right now and something is going on in your life but when you read the rest of the story we find that Jesus rose from the dead we find that when she looked inside the tomb, it was empty. He didn't walk out robed in his grave clothes. He walked out, his grave clothes were there, and everything was there but the body. And you know, Jesus appeared to Mary first. Can I tell you today, church, that he's going to appear to the Marys of this church first. He's going to come to those that are in darkness first. Because remember, he came out to seek and to save that which was lost. He's going to come for you first. He's going to come for you first. He's going to come for you and for you first. Those that find themselves in a dark place, in a dark hour, he's going to come to you first. And you know, we're going to be in so, so deep in the darkness at times where, where we're not going to comprehend it because the Bible says uh, that when she looked at him, she didn't know who he was. And can I tell you, church, that, that some of us, uh, uh, that we've gotten so far off or we've, we're, we're so deep into a, 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 our darkness that we don't even see God standing right in front of us. But thanks be to God that he didn't leave Mary like that. He yelled at her. It's there. My wife always tells me when I text her, why are you yelling at me? Because I always put an exclamation mark. I'm not yelling. That's just, just want you to know. But in there, he shouts at her. He says, Mary. And at that moment, he got her attention because she looked and her eyes were open. And you know what? She went from darkness to light. Because she had her friend back. She went from a dark place in her life. God met her where she was at. And she was in a dark place. She had lost her friend. She didn't know what she was going to do. She had no more answers. I, I have no home. I have no family. I have no friends. You're my only friend, Jesus. And he came to her where she was at. And he got her attention. 
And can I tell you today, church, that, that, that God resurrected from the grave. God resurrected so that you and I could have a friend in him. And so that when we find ourselves in the darkest time of our life like Mary, he will be there. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He won't turn his back on us. And no problem is too big for Jesus. Please stand with me this morning. Let's just close our eyes. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for doing what you did for us. For dying on that cross for us. My spirit is telling me this morning that there is a Mary in the house this morning. And I want to ask that the lights be turned off. And I want to let somebody know that Jesus is in this place today. And I don't know what darkness you're going through in your life or what situation you have going on. But your healing is here. Your strength is here. Your encouragement is here at this altar. And I want to open up this altar to you. So that we may anoint you with oil and that you may receive your healing. that the ministry come up and help out. And if you find yourself in a place where you need prayer, come on up. But if you just want to come on up and, and weep before the feet of Jesus and just thank him, just thank him for what he's done for you in your life. Thank him for your salvation. Thank him for your health. Thank him or you want to come up and you want to stand in the gap for your children, your child who is sick. I'm asking you to come up as well. Because I believe today that the same thing that happened in my family's life Friday night can happen in yours. If you have the faith, I have the faith. And we can put our faith together. And we can say to that mountain to move. Amen. This altar is open.